Evil is nothing more than the absence of love. Evil is not something God created. You know, I've had people over the years ask me, Steve, did God create evil? Why did God create evil? Why didn't he create a world without evil? Well, fact of the matter is, God did not create evil. Evil comes about when we make choices that take us away from love. Welcome to Tea with the Preacher, the message series from Fairfield Presbyterian Church in Mechanicsville, Virginia. Today is Sunday, January 22nd, 2023, and we continue our series, The Great I Am's. We continue in the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verses 12 through 20, where Jesus tells us, I am the light of the world. We are uh, enjoying, I'm enjoying, this series of sermons that is carrying us through some of the analogies that Jesus used and John recorded for us in his gospel, where Jesus is trying to help us to understand who he is. And John wanted to make sure that we heard this and and understood this because of his desire for us to recognize and see what it means when we say that Jesus was fully human and fully divine. And so Jesus gave us these analogies for who he is as an example of being uh, the, the very son of God, being the person of God in our midst, Emmanuel. But now, the problem is this. The problem with analogies is that in different times and different places, they, they might be misheard or misrepresented. You really need to look at an analogy clearly to see what it is exactly that was being said with the analogy. Because we do use euphemisms and analogies oftentimes in our lives, and and we use them casually, and they're not always heard the way that they are meant. For instance, a few years ago, I was visiting a very good member of this congregation, I won't mention that it was Tracy Young because I don't want to embarrass him in front of all of you. But he'd been in the hospital, had some very serious uh, surgery, and was greatly improved at that point in time. And when I was visiting there, the nurse suggested that he take a walk and go out to the atrium. And I agreed to, to walk with him. And so he says but I don't know where the atrium is. And I said, it's real easy, Tracy, just go towards the light. That didn't go over too well with Tracy on that day. (laughs) So you can have the simplest analogy and it can be misinterpreted because all I was suggesting is that the the room that he was in was rather dark and the hallway was rather dreary. But if you kept walking out towards that, that center portion in, in Memorial Regional, it's beautifully, it's, it's a nice place to enjoy a sunny day. It's a beautiful uh, little area that they have there. And I was just suggesting that all he had to do to find it was to, to, to go from where he was towards where the light was brighter. Uh, that analogy still doesn't work the way I want it to, does it? <laughs> 
But you see, that's the weakness in analogies that you have to, you have to look closely and, and carefully at them to, to see what it is that is really being said. So let's take a look at this one that Jesus gives us that John recorded in the 8th chapter, beginning with the 12th verse. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Then the Pharisees said to him, you are testifying in your own behalf. Your testimony is not valid. Jesus answered, even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid because I know where I have come from and where I am going. But you do not know where I come from or where I am going. You judge by human standards, I judge no one. Yet, even if I do judge, my judgment is valid, for it is not I alone who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. In your law it is written that the testimony of two witnesses is valid. I testify on my own behalf, and the Father who sent me testifies on my behalf. Then they said to him, Well, where is your Father? Jesus answered, you know neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. He spoke these words while he was teaching in the treasury of the temple, but no one arrested him because his hour had not yet come. May the Lord bless this a portion from his holy word. Jesus is giving us this analogy so that we might be able to see a little more clearly who he is, and what his expectations and hopes and desires are for each one of us. He proclaims the fact, he says, I am the light of the world. Well, when we think of light, it's usually in contrast with darkness. We always put those two together. You have light, you have darkness. But now let me ask you a scientific question. Question. Did you know there's going to be a pop quiz with today's sermon? <laughs> Is there such a thing as darkness? Can you make darkness? Can darkness be created? The answer? No. You cannot create darkness. Because darkness is nothing more than the absence of light. You take all light away and you get absolute darkness. You can create light, a little bit of these that's created light, those are created light. You can create light, but you cannot create darkness. Because darkness is nothing more than the absence of light. So when Jesus is using this analogy he is using an analogy that helps us to see more clearly what it is that he stands for, who it is that he is seeking to be, and what it is that he wants us to be in our lives. Because when we speak about light and darkness, what we're really talking about is good versus evil. Good versus evil. Well, we use the word good, but let's use the word love. Because what is evil, if not the absence of love? 
Evil is nothing more than the absence of love. Evil is not something God created. You know, I've had people over the years ask me, Steve, did God create evil? Why did God create evil? Why didn't he create a world without evil? Well, the fact of the matter is, God did not create evil. Evil comes about when we make choices that take us away from love. When we start to make decisions that, that are absent of compassion and caring for others. When we start to make decisions that, that do nothing but benefit ourselves and benefit no one else, then we are, in essence, creating some form of evil. It might be a fairly mild form of evil. It's not the full evil of it. It's not a Adolf Hitler or anything like that happening. But it is the absence of absolute love is the darkness that is in this world. You see, Jesus wanted us to see in this analogy for who he is, that he is that light for the world. Because light dispels darkness. I mean, you go into a room, dark room, flip on the light, where'd the darkness go? It's gone. It dispels it. It rids it. And Jesus came into the world to, to dispel the darkness so that we might see more clearly how it is that we ought to live our lives out of love and compassion, caring more for others than we care about ourselves. And you know, there is something inside all of us that really does want that to happen. We are created in God's image, are we not? That's a statement we make. That every human being is created in God's image. That we are God's sons and daughters. Created in God's image. And God is love. And so there is that part within each of us that seeks to, to do love. To be loving. But sometimes it gets diminished. But it's, it's in there. Here's another science lesson. Now two science lessons in one day. I, that offering plate better be extra heavy when it goes by all of you, getting two extra science lessons today. There's a wonderful word that I learned many years ago out of biology. I don't remember anything else out of biology, but I always love this wonderful word, and you may know it, phototrope. Have you heard the word phototrope? It is nature's way of turning toward the light. If you have a houseplant and you stick it by a window, like if you put it in between those two windows, this always fascinates me with phototrope. If you put it in between the two windows, what you would find is that, is that the plant would split itself, stretching out to reach the light. It turns itself toward the light. It wants to be in that light. It needs that light to live. And if you, if you have a house plant at home and it's in good light, you have to keep spinning it around, you know, maybe a quarter of a turn every month or two. I'm not any good with houseplants, but I think it's something like that. Because if you don't do that, it'll get itself all cattywampus. That's another technical scientific term. 
I mean, have you ever seen that where, where it stayed too long and all of a sudden one, you know, one side of it is just pulling straight towards the window and the other side of it's going, eh. And so you, you, that, that desire, that innate desire is, a, is in within every one of us, that, that phototrope, that, that desire to go toward the light, to live lives that exhibit God's love in this world. Now, I know that's not easy. It's not an easy task. When Jesus declares himself to be the light of the world, he also tells us that if anyone follows me, they will never walk in the darkness, but will have the light of life. You see, there's, it, it's not always an easy thing to do to take that love that we see in Jesus Christ and let it flow through us or reflect from us. It's much easier oftentimes to take the shortcuts, to choose the, the simpler routes, to, to take the more selfish approach to a decision, to, to, to do what is, you know, makes me feel good and doesn't necessarily do anything for anybody around me. But we are called to walk in that light, the light of absolute love who has lived among us. I mean, that's what we know about Jesus, isn't it? You look at his whole life from the day he was born to the day he died to the day he rose again from the grave to the day that he ascended into heaven and every aspect of his life is about others. Serving others, loving others, teaching others, giving of himself upon the cross for others, rising from the grave so that we might live forever. All of his life, everything was absolute love exemplified in the words that he spoke, in the deeds and miracles that he performed, in the actions and selfless, self-giving that he lived his life are examples of God's absolute love for every one of us. And so when we follow the one who is the light of the world, we do not any longer walk in darkness. Now we seek to walk in that light of loving others, of loving our lives in such a way that, that God's love is reflected through us in our dealings with family members, in our dealings with neighbors, in our dealings with fellow church members, in our, in our dealings with the, the clerk who checks us out at the grocery store, in our dealings with the person who cuts us off when we're driving down the road. Okay, that one's a little bit hard. <laughs> but yet, even when it's hard to reflect that love, to diminish the darkness, to make the world a lot less evil because of our practice of unconditional love towards those who are around us. That's what Jesus is trying to get us to see when he says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me We'll never walk in darkness, but we'll have the light 
of life. Would you pray with me? Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of your Son, Jesus Christ, for the way that his light shines in each of our lives. Help us, O Lord, to to let that light shine through us, reflect off of us, so that all those who meet us experience that light, the love of your love. We ask this in Jesus' name, and for his sake, amen. Thank you for listening to Tea with the Preacher. To find more information about Fairfield, visit our website at fairfieldpcusa.org. Next Sunday, we go out in the fields with the sheep as Jesus teaches, I am the gate of the sheepfold. If you liked what you've heard today, we invite you to subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite listening app.